Welcome to Purpose 360. I'm Carol Cohn. And I'm Chris Noble. And we're on a journey to explore the brightest and most innovative minds and initiatives in social purpose. Today, companies and brands must stand for something meaningful. They have to have a social purpose and bring that purpose forward to their employees, their customers, and their community. Each episode, we're talking to leaders at Fortune 100 companies, global brands, social enterprise startups, NGOs, and everything in between. We'll be taking a deep dive to learn how they are integrating purpose into their organizations. To benefit both business and society for enduring impact. Join us. Welcome to Purpose 360. I'm Carol Cohn, and I am so excited to have Kirk Myers, Director of Sustainability from Alaska Airlines, with me today. So welcome, Kirk. Thank you, Carol. Thank you so much for the chance to share a bit about what we're doing here at Alaska. Alaska is now, as I've done my research for this podcast, it's become one of my top three favorite companies. And uh, for our listeners, we're going to hear today about so many of the thoughtful ways the company truly embeds purpose into their sustainability, their community, their employee relations, um, their not-for-profit partnerships. And in doing so, they have been ranked the most sustainable North American airline for two years in a row by the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. So I'd love to do a giant clap. So maybe Pete will uh, put that in there, but congratulations, Kirk. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. And it's, um, as I've been a recent addition to Alaska, the foundation and the work and the ethics, and the values of our employees over so many years, I'll talk about it more, but it's absolutely um, the foundation for, for how we've done what we do. You are an amazing company with deep values that emanate from being birthed in Alaska. So we'll get into that. Just a little, a few facts for our listeners. You were founded in 1932. You fly to over 115 destinations. You have 22,000 employees and rough and tough. And you fly about 44 million passengers in fiscal year 18. So you are a large airline with a tremendous uh, commitment to culture and values. But let's first get started in uh, your background, Kirk. So you've spent a lot of time at REI and then you went on to Alaska. So um, what were some of the key insights during your career at REI that you brought to Alaska? Oh, it's a it's a great question. REI is such a fantastic company that has done great things. And I think that kind of the quote that I'll use, actually, I'll, I'll steal from my former boss at REI. Uh, he's now the uh, executive at the Iron Mountain, Kevin Hagan, who's doing amazing work. But he used a quote that I will I will gladly take and use again um, from Archimedes. He said, Archimedes said, give me a place to stand and a lever long enough and I can move the earth. And, um, and I absolutely love that quote because I think with purpose-driven companies, um, so many, there are so many companies, in the, particularly here in the Pacific Northwest, I think, that have a long heritage of doing the right thing, of this amazing values, connection with their employees, living values, and really making those manifest within uh, the things that they do, right? Um, 
that foundation, that credible place to stand is fantastic. And I think where the next generation of um, impact is coming from is from those companies that have amazing values, but may be humble about them and about the impacts they've had. It's about identifying what those biggest levers are. And you just mentioned we have 44 million guests who interact and have, um, have a brand experience in Alaska each year. And so how, so that's our big lever, right? And, and that's so similar to REI, I think, recognizing the power of being the collective voice for millions of members mm. and in representing that voice and really recognizing there's not only um, an opportunity in in championing that that vision and that impact and that in that uh, aspect, but also um, there's a bit of an obligation. I'd argue um, that you, as a purpose-driven company, as a consumer-facing company, we have megaphones and platforms um, to share those values in positive ways and to ask folks to join us and try and you know, amplify that impact. And I love a quote which I love to read from um, Brad Tilden, your CEO, and it's it's in your sustainability report, and it says we care about running a great airline and making a positive impact on the places and people we serve. When we are at our best, we do so in ways that strengthen our business and accelerate our growth. And and I want to build on what you said about humble, because what we're finding is that being humble may, it's, it's a good attribute, but today as um, citizens and partners really want to do business and provide their hard-earned dollars or work for companies that truly stand for um, community, the environment, doing the right thing. Being humble is not the best place to be, but you do need others, as you've said, to carry your voice. So we'll get into that in a moment. Um, tell us, Kirk, what is your personal or professional purpose? Oh, God. Uh- very simply said, it's it's uh, to use the power of business to drive positive impact in the world. Uh, the, the question that I use every day, uh, I ask it of other people, I think of it myself, is simply what should be better in the world? And with now that I'm in Alaska, as Alaska Airlines grows and thrives. And so using the, the power of business uh, and all the different tools and skill sets within that to, to execute against that and to know the answer to that question and then to figure out how to make that real. Um, that's, that's why I'm here. Excellent. Oh, that's terrific. And so now let's turn to how do you define sustainability and why is it important for Alaska? It is far beyond just being green. Absolutely. And we, you know, we, the word sustainability, of course, has so many different definitions and, and frames to it. Um, really simply said, you know, we focus on four pillars and we can get into these more, more deeply, but we focus on our people, right, which is both our employees and our communities. We do focus on flying greener. We've done some amazing innovation work in that space. Um, we focus so much on our communities and then also in using the power of flying, right? The fact that we can whisk people across the country at 550 miles an hour um, has some amazing opportunities that are kind of embedded in that with, with just innately what we do. So really for us, sustainability, you know, Brad's quote said it very, very well, but it's, it's about being a long-term community impact driver for our employees, for our guests, for the place that we fly. We fly to the most beautiful places in the world. I mean, we, being founded in Alaska, being the most West Coast airline, uh, flying to Hawaii and having all our trips there. I mean, it's, we have these iconic places, very simply said. Um, we recognize that the people in those places are our people, and in uh, those places are our 
places. And so that sense of stewardship is so deep within, within our, our company. That's wonderful. And we'll get into all of the areas. Um, you have grown. Alaska Air acquired Virgin America in 2016 to form the Alaska Air Group. And that encompasses um, Alaska, Virgin America, and Horizon Air brands. Um, you know, mergers and acquisitions between large companies are difficult just to blend the cultures. But when you consider the challenge of integrating sustainability efforts, community engagement, and company culture, it's a huge task. How did Alaska navigate that? And how you seem to be getting it really right? Yeah, you know, it's it's a, such a great question. It was, you know, it was before my time here, but being witness to um, how how the work is continuing and how this focus on culture uh, and, and integration and essentially our employees and how we take what is best about Alaska and how we take what was best about Virgin and bring those together. It's been absolutely fascinating to watch and uh, and now to be part of the um, I think the foundational kind of moment of success or the foundational tenet of success is that culture of our employees. And you know, Virgin America had such a strong, unique culture as well as Alaska. And so Alaska was a little bit more the uh, a little bit more the buttoned up uh Virgin, right? Uh Virgin was a little bit more uh uh open collar, uh enjoying life kind of aspect. I think that, you know, but both both had um kind of grassroots rooted focus on sustainability in their communities and to be able to bring those together and to see that the, the company or leadership focused so much on that culture as the thing. It is it is the thing that makes us who we are. It is the thing that will drive our success in the future. And in the investment that we make and continue to make in bringing our people together and really aligning and having those conversations around what what is the what are the best things we can we can make happen. Uh, it's Amazing, in my opinion, right? How how relatively seamless with all the challenges of integration that happened, how it's gone. Uh, it's been a huge amount of work for folks, um, but the commitment, and I think having again that the, the deep culture and the ability to to find and find the connections between those has been powerful. You have multiple programs. We fly greener. We invest for strong communities. We're all about people, and we're about mattering. We make flying matter. Let's jump. I'm going to do this out of order. Let's jump to the people part first, because, again, you've got the merger of these other organizations. And besides the listening, you also have some significant economic incentives for your people. So can you talk about that? The focus that Alaska has on our people is probably the most tenured foundational aspect of who we've been since our founding. It's it's amazing. And so for us, focusing on our people is first and foremost about safety, both for our employees, but also for our guests, of course. Um, an airline, we should be no surprise there. But then we also do um, deep, deep work in diversity and inclusion and, and really be a leader of that space and uh, focusing on uh, making sure that all of our people feel welcomed, feel um, part of the team. And contribute, and then with our their financial incentives, we do have a robust, uh, uh, essentially profit sharing plan. But where when Alaska does well, that money uh, goes back to our employees and, and impacts again these communities uh, and supports the communities that we uh, uh, where we where we live, where we work, and and where uh, where we play. In, in those communities are um, spread throughout the West. And the combination of all those areas, and again, the, the, as I mentioned, um, the listening, the deep listening that Alaska does to our mm. employees is the foundation of that. Um, 
it's it's not uh it, it would be very difficult i think to have such a strong culture focus on your people um without without that tool and then you put your money into their pockets um the 135 million um i i read that it was in some cases six seven eight percent of the total um annual salary of an employee so that's quite significant it is um it was a great day and annually you know, we've been i think we've been very fortunate I mean, alaska is an amazingly well-run business um and so yeah. um, with that rigor and that focus to be able to return those profits back to our employees um, is something that I know that we are very, very proud of and, uh, and, and have a large commitment to. So let's talk about saving money. That's a great segue to the green part of your sustainability efforts. And so you have multiple ways that you're saving money. And the first I was... I was interested in your split scimitar winglets um, that you have installed on, I think, your 737. So can you talk a little bit about what they are and how much fuel they save? Absolutely. Well, and, and first I'll share, since we're on a podcast, if folks haven't seen them, definitely Google it or look out your window when you're at your next Alaska flight. They are beautifully Instagrammable. <laughs> they, make, they make perfect <laughs> shots. I actually flew in. I okay. flew in yesterday from San Francisco and uh, uh, was on the on the uh, east side of the plane window seat and had an amazing view of Mount Rainier with the sun setting with the split scimitar winglet. It's just it just makes for gorgeous shots. Um, they nice. say that beautiful planes fly fly well, and I think that's true in this case. So. So the split scimitar winglets, they are something that we retrofitted on almost all of our 737s. There are a few that structurally we couldn't do, but essentially they improve the fuel mileage, the fuel efficiency of the plane by uh, up to up to three or four uh, percent. And that's a huge, with, with an airline where um, we spend about $2 billion a year on jet fuel, um, that, you know, a 3% gain in efficiency is um, very, very helpful, not only in reducing and saving money, but also in reducing our exposure to the volatility of the cost of fuel. So there's a there's a double win there, right? There's a bit of a um, of an insurance policy that we get where we're less exposed. And um, in those yeah, the winglets we on all these planes. We also have we fly the um, the newest fleet, um, so we fly very very efficient seven thirty sevens mostly. And with our version acquisition, we do have some Airbuses and uh, uh, Airbus Neos, which are which are very efficient planes. So we really focus deeply on flying, you know, on kind of what we fly, also on how we fly. So it's not just the physical structure of the engines, the winglets on the airplane. Uh, it's also um, the technology of how we do our approaches. And we pioneered this uh, approach system called RNP, um, which is required navigation performance. And not only does it increase safety for our airline, uh, flying into some of these very challenging airports in Alaska, but it also decreases our emissions. And mm. just that saves, the R&P approach just saves about 1.2 million gallons of fuel per year. Um, imagine coming in smoothly and coasting in versus a stair step down, some other, some other aspects to how that works out. I don't know. Have you started, have you been in a flight simulator I, yet? I have an invitation, but I haven't taken it up yet. Ooh. So it's I, I'll join you if, if, if I'm up in, up in, in your in your neighborhood. So you you dealt with technology, but you wanted to 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 do more. Um, you wanted to innovate, and so you have this very interesting partnership with Nesty for biofuels. And so, can you talk about biofuels? Absolutely. Now, Alaska has been a pioneer in biofuels, and we're actually using the term now of sustainable aviation jet fuel. Uh, 
biofuels tends to have you think about having a feedstock, you know, what biofuels made out of that's grown a crop or something along those lines. And the technology is chemical engineering. It's absolutely amazing. It's blown me away in, in, in diving into the aviation industry. Uh, there are, I think, 15 different ASTM approved feedstocks through five ASTM approved conversion processes to make, um, essentially renewable fuel to make sustainable aviation jet fuel um, that is cleaner and better than what fossil fuel is. It's absolutely mind-blowing. And now those feedstocks, for example, there's a company that's taking the waste exhaust gas coming out of a steel mill, and that's being converted into jet A. And there's a startup here in the U.S. that's um, that's just broke ground in Reno and will be breaking ground in Gary, Indiana. They'll be turning garbage, missile, solid waste into jet fuel mind-blowing chemistry on that front. And Alaska has been the pioneer of, of piloting and testing more different um, simulation jet fuels from more feedstocks than any airline. We flew 70-some flights back um, about six years ago. And we've flown the first flights that were powered by uh, uh, forest residuals. So I uh, have what's left over after harvesting uh, uh, timber here in the Northwest. Um, some amazing partnerships we've had with, um, with, with innovation on that front. The challenge and the opportunity moving forward is the chemical engineering is completely solved. Now it's about the financial engineering. And so they aren't, they aren't cost competitive yet. There are incentives coming in. There's policy coming in. But it's very similar to where uh, I'd say renewable energy was maybe 10 years ago, right? where you could do solar, you could do wind in 2006, 2007. Um, it didn't necessarily have a great return on investment until the financial engineering and innovation on that side came through. I think that's the next big phase to move forward. And so why is Alaska being the innovator um, in biofuels versus Delta or United or others? Well, it's, it's, there's certainly innovation happening across the industry, um, but I would say that Alaska has um, has been at the forefront, um, especially in terms of some of the early work and partnerships and recognizing. I think it's it's just our values and understanding that um, it's a it's a huge impact, right? Two billion dollars of fuel is about seven and a half billion tons of carbon per year. It's you know, uh, fuel is ninety nine plus percent of our own carbon footprint. And so our efficiency, you know, we're, we're, we're the most efficient airline in North America. Uh, we've, we're about 13% more efficient than average with the winglets, of how we fly, with all the different technology we use, which is fantastic. But we also recognize that to continue to, uh, to grow and to do what we want to do and support our communities, uh, we have to also work on the carbon footprint of the fuel itself. So do you have any insights regarding and you, this may not be, you may not be close enough to it, but the Nesty partnership, um, again, for our listeners who are taking their purpose and they, they're bringing it to the innovation side of products and services, do you have any insights or um, into how you manage that partnership and make it flourish? Yeah, so the Nesty partnership is an MOU that we signed with them to really dive deep into looking at um, what possibilities, what opportunities are there for the ongoing use of sustainable aviation jet fuel, right? Rather than pilots, rather than one-offs, uh, how do we actually how do we actually make this work and start to grow um, truly in a sustainable way, right? In both a scalable and sustainable way. And so Nesty is an amazing partner. They're a Finnish company um, who produces more renewable diesel than I believe any other company in the world. Uh, and so renewable diesel is actually very similar chemically to uh, jet fuel, to jet eggs. So there's a, there's a there's large overlap there. And for us, it's, it's a great question, actually, coming up here at nine. I've got the Nesty team here for the entire day 
to talk through policy, to talk through the financial engineering, dive deep into uh, logistical opportunities. And they also um, are one of you know, one of one of many vendors out there, but the one that we have the MOU with uh, to really have this have this collaborative partnership and figure out you know essentially the question that I, I love framing questions with the start of in what ways might. And so I'd say that that's in terms of collaboration, in terms of working on collaborative partnerships. If you can frame a question um, with partners, in what ways might we do X or Y or Z? Um, that's, the, that's the right framing to get innovation and to get the right amount of uh, disruptive thinking and to give some permission for that. I, I love the way you approach that. In what ways might dot 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 that's that's great also the fact that you are deeply embedded in that partnership so it's not like let the finance guys or the technology guys and gals work on it but also because of where you sit with sustainability truly at the center of your culture and your values um was that something you had to put your hand up for and ask for or was that something that naturally happened uh, it was it was uh, it was the natural expectation of the role that was created that I took, and so um, part of the part of part of the motivation for creating this elevated sustainability role within Alaska uh, was was really recognizing how big of an opportunity this was, and that um, because fuel is so large for an airline, you have a lot of different teams touching fuel in general, just overall fuel. And so to bring this new perspective and to kind of convene the group, uh, that's really where my role plays a uh, significant amount of effort. So you, you, you said an elevated role. So that's interesting because um, I'm sure people listening to this are saying, I want to be at the table as Kirk is. How did you impact the elevation of the role? Um, with did you do you report to Brad? How what's your in, what's your integration with him and others on the senior team? Yeah, so I report to uh, Diana Bergen-Rakow. She's our VP of External Relations and is an amazing advocate and champion for our values and for our sustainability work. And so she um, came into Alaska a little over about eighteen months ago. Um, came in from outside of aviation also, and. Uh, she put a lot of political capital into creating this elevated role, um, recognizing the shift from our amazing foundation of green team work, of our flight attendants starting our in-flight recycling program years and years ago, and being the leaders on that front. This, you know, just absolutely everything you could think about in that credible foundation, right? Going back to our media spoke, um, but recognizing the need to storytell, to engage, and the need to uh, 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 the opportunity to uh, have a bigger impact and, and larger business benefit uh, was, was really that creation. That's what uh, was able to pull me away from REI, <laughs> which, was, uh, which, yeah. which, which is which yeah. is a hard company, an amazing company, and a hard company to lead. And so the only uh, the only way that I would leave REI would be to go to a company that has the absolute best product. Alaska has absolutely got the best flight product, and people were one of the only airlines that uh, I would argue that customers love our our, our customers absolutely love us. And so with that incredible foundation, um, that's where this, this opportunity comes in. That's where my role plays uh, uh, a, key, a key element. Let's talk about taking the values and bringing them to life. Um, can you talk about your commitments to your communities, um, especially Native Alaskans? Going back to 1932, you know, Alaska was founded um, with 
fabric covered biplanes, right? On slopes. <laughs> it's an amazing, amazing story to go back to that, to that, to that roots. Um, really to, and to literally bring food, medicine, and connect these communities in ways that there were no roads. There were, there was, there was no way to, uh, uh, to make that happen. So we think about that concept of making flying matter, right? Flying has, has been this amazing change for our society and benefit to connecting people to healthcare, connecting people to all these all these different things. So with those roots, um, we uh, are deeply engaged both in Alaska, of course, and all of our communities in which we fly. And that that's focused on uh, developing youth educational opportunities for the workforce. Um, it's also focused on uh, uh, supporting your communities overall in terms of um, key organizations and amazingly large number of nonprofit partners that we uh, either get flights to or support financially directly. The other side of that is a strong community is not only one that has jobs and opportunities, it's also that economic side of it, right? And having a healthy, healthy place to play and live. And so, um, we are very, very proud of you know, all those 23,000 jobs that we help create. And I noticed in, in reading that um, you also have a program to advance the job levels of your employees. And so it's not just we're going to teach you to do that current job, but that we're going to help you to advance. It's, it's absolutely amazing to step into a company where uh, the tenure here is mind-blowingly long. On my first day, out of the 10 or so people that I met, I believe about four or five of them had worked for Alaska for more than 30 years. Um, huh. abs- absolutely amazing. And so the folks who had that opportunity to, to grow and have their career ladder kind of elevate with Alaska um, is fantastic. And even how we how we work with our, with our pilots, so Horizon, um, which is uh, more of a regional carrier, um, Having folks come in, start with Horizon, and have a very, very clear opportunity to move up to the mainline Alaska fleet. It's, um, again, it's, 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 it's so foundational to, I think, who Alaska is and how we think about our people, how we think about uh, uh, opportunities and how we think about growth. No, it's, it's very impressive. And even also your employee engagement numbers, the percentage that engage are wildly high yeah you know it's 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 our community our community team does amazing amazing work and i work adjacent to them and uh, and so watching them day in and day out um understand who their communities are i think is the number one aspect of that and that's both the employee community that's the greater community also so we we know seattle so well and we know are, we know what the opportunities are, we know who the key players are. And same thing for our Alaska community, same thing for San Francisco, same thing for Hawaii, um, another place that we go. And so I think that's being being so deeply embedded in the community for so long is is the asset that we, um, in the power and the opportunity that we have uh, is we, we, we know our communities and that is both our employees as well as our uh, uh that broader and do you give paid time off to volunteer? Uh, we do. Uh, well, we we give we we will match volunteering hours. So we so technically okay. it's not paid time off, um, but we match volunteering hours with employee match. We also match donations, and so our employees with with the community um, organizations they care about, they can either um, dedicate time or money in a, in a last full match. You're very well known for your charity miles program. You might want to explain what that is and um, how your passengers. Have been very generous in donating their miles. It's it's. I'm so glad you brought that up, Carol. It's 
absolutely amazing to me. So our charity miles program is the opportunity for our frequent flyers to donate their frequent flyer miles um, to one of 10 charities. We've designated everything from uh, Make-A-Wish to uh, Life Flight, um, amazing organizations. Uh, and last year, uh, I believe the number came in at 53 million miles that our, uh, that our, that our guests Donated. It's a lot of miles. Well, and it's 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 so telling because you know freedom flyer miles are a cherished commodity, and for our guests who are part of our Alaska community, part of our Alaska family, um, to use those to drive impact and good, and to help these nonprofits do amazing work and amplify their impact, it's it says so much about how a company is is not successful in isolation, right? And a company's impact work um, is really this huge system that that is um, uh, driven by by all different dimensions and all different aspects and the fact that our guests will do what they do and, and um, year in and year out in terms of donating those miles is, is just amazing to me. And I think the value of that was north of a million three or four. So that's a significant do- dollar amount. You're doing so many things so well. Can you share without telling secrets what's next? That's a great question. We, yeah, yeah I, absolutely. And I think at the highest level, uh, we talked about this earlier, where we have been such a, uh, a company that is, that is wonderfully humble. And for us to be able to tell our story more clearly, to engage in not just in telling the story, but in the join us message, right? As we talked about charity miles, we talk about our employees um, donating time and money. Um, those opportunities are uh, uh, absolutely amazing. And most of our guests and even some of our employees don't know about that. So I think that the employee engagement side, uh, the guest engagement side around telling the story is huge. and. And then thinking about those 44 million guests sitting in our planes, having an Alaska experience, um, hopefully and oftentimes a wonderful experience in, the, in, their, in their flights and their travel, thinking through how do we um, more directly connect with them and in what ways do we um, make, make it you know, continue to embed um, our values in how our brand manifests itself in that guest experience. So we, you know, with our, again, our in-flight recycling is noticeable, like our, our flight attendants who created that program, Grassroots, scaled it, and are um, absolute champions of, of the best in-flight recycling program uh, in North America, if not all of aviation. That's, it's amazing. Uh, that's, that's visible, right? And that's, and that's really key, but it's also from that. It's just what we do. It's the right thing for us. It's, it's how we do it. And, and I, we f- I forgot to ask you about your plastic straws. You're going to stop serving them and fruit picks. And you're, I mean, even little things like that, you're constantly innovating. It's, it's, a, it's fantastic. Yeah, we were the first airline to, uh, to get rid of plastic straws and plastic stir sticks. We still, you know, in, we still do have single-use plastic in use in our planes. It's very difficult to eliminate, but we're still focused and working on that. It's, it's part of who we are, right? That, um, that as, we, as we think about what we care about, um, it makes perfect sense. It was an opportunity that we could take, and we had an amazing partner in a, in a nonprofit called Lonely Whale who helped us with that process. And uh, I'm happy to say that as of uh, about two months ago, the last domestic airline who hadn't made that commitment yet did. And so, an amazing, amazing, mm. yeah, amazing story. Amazing the bar. Uh, in, in just we a challenge year, you. Uh, sure. That momentum. Uh, uh, 
went through all of domestic aviation, which is a pretty cool story of how, um, yeah, how the, how the tide can raise all boats. Unfortunately, we're getting down to, to the end of this, but we always like to ask, um, what are three insights? You've given some great ones, so you're allowed to, to um, repurpose them, if you'd like, um, but to colleagues who are on their purpose journey and they want to be more like Alaska, they want to be green, they want to be community-oriented, they want to be people-oriented, they're employees, they want to innovate. So what are your three insights you'd like to share? One thing I haven't talked about is, um, I think as an internal sustainable executive, right, our jobs are fundamentally in the end about organizational change, right? It's about um, helping in, in reframing what permission we give ourselves as an organization to have impact in the world. And so to do that, it, I think it's really important to remember that everybody in your organization um, is a holistic person, has both a business mind, has a head, also has an amazing heart of values. And sometimes those mm. in, in different organizations, in different ways, um, some of those get mass, the heart may be masked a little bit more, those values may be set aside, um, but they're, but they're always there. And so remember that you're interacting with people and it's, you know, you, you have to have the business case, but there is a reason why we all do what we do um, and connecting and resonating with that makes a huge difference. So I'd say that's the first thing is to, is to um, just simply ask the question as you're work, doing your work of the person sitting across from you. Just ask, what does sustainability mean to you? And listen, and listen. And um, mm. that, that is an amazingly Great. powerful way of understanding where someone is coming from and, and how if sustainability to them is about their, their kids' future and their education, their kids' school, fantastic, right? If it's about the environment, great. If it's about economics, right? If it's about jobs, fantastic, right? That's, that's limiting. So that'd be the first thing. Mm -hmm. and, and then I would say, I'll okay. repeat the Archimedes quote, right? Give me a place to stand and a lever long enough and I can move the earth. And um, always be asking and looking and thinking about uh, what your biggest levers are. And oftentimes they may not be what a materiality assessment or a carbon footprint shows you um, because they may be a way to connect with hearts. Um, and they may be a little bit less as metric space. So I'd mm -hmm. say that's the second thing. The third thing, and this is, this is a little bit of, um, uh, as a longtime advocate and career person in sustainability, take care of yourself. <laughs> it's just, it's just, yeah, sustainability. Mm. Oh, that's I mean, a good one. We okay. Have jobs where I think many of us always go home just a little bit disappointed because you know how much more um, opportunity if you had just worked a little harder or just done a little bit more, right? And uh, so I'd say uh, making sure that you focus on your own uh, personal development, centeredness, and uh, and take time to recharge when you can. I do that outdoors myself. Um, I'll be an advocate for it. Uh, that's your REI <laughs> there's, roots. There's some there. <laughs> oh, that's great. You can go for four if you like. No matter what organization you're in, um, there is opportunity. And whether you have a named sustainability role or not, um, some of the most impactful work that I've seen has been from, say, a packaging engineer who also is a deep sustainability advocate back in my time at REI, uh, or through a finance um, person, an accountant, who thinks innovatively about how to uh, capture a bigger picture of financial value uh, than what we might do mm. today. So 
those those are the those are the superheroes in sustainability, right? I truly believe that sustainability accounting will save the world. <laughs> and yes. um, and, yeah. and I don't uh, know that every accountant out there um, hasn't quite felt that way. And so closing that gap, I think, is part of how we move forward. I know that CCP is doing that, and they just um they just renamed themselves. They were originally 20 years ago when they were founded by Paul Newman and John Winehead from Goldman Sachs. They were the Committee Encouraging Corporate Philanthropy. 20 years later, they're now Chief Executives for Corporate Purpose. That's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, and they just had their board of board meetings with 60 CEOs, and they're addressing also the financial side of it. So um, I, I think that to our listeners out there, there's tremendous change going on in the kind of work we do. And I I want to ask a couple other new questions, and they're really easy for you, Kirk, uh, just as we have a couple minutes left. What do you suggest people read? What what blogs, newsletters, even books that you found that are really helpful to keep you on top of um, news and innovations? Oh, great question. Um, I'm a huge fan of the content from the Stable Brands Group. I'm a member of the advisory board. I think they do a fantastic job. As you both uh, are, absolutely, yeah. Carol. And I think um, you know that. I also, I you know, I find. I guess I'll answer your question uh, a little bit differently. I find myself going back to some of the kind of canon of sustainable business books so going back to some of Paul Hawkins early work. Um, other things, I find myself doing that a lot right now. Maybe it's because I'm in a new role, but I think that regrounding um, is, is we, if fields expanded, regrounding into some of that um, amazingly powerful early thinking around cradle cradle around Paul Hawkins' work. Um, that's those, those types of things actually are, they're evergreen. Yeah, the concepts are amazingly powerful. Um, so, I, so I find myself going both towards the future and also backwards a bit. You talked about communications and making sure you, you're doing well communicating to your employees, but getting it to the general public, you know, not just your passengers, but trying to convince others, hmm, maybe I won't book on United. Maybe I'll book on Alaska because they stand for X, Y, Z. Any tips regarding making sure those communications flow through? Oh, it's great. It's such a great question. I think that so many companies face the same kind of challenge slash opportunity. For for us, we're still working through that. It's a big part of my role. And we've done, uh, we've got an amazing microsite. If you haven't gone to it for your listeners, it's flysustainably.com. The real secret um, that we're looking at is how do we integrate it into the guest experience? So it's so it's part of just that when you fly Alaska, you um, you have these engagement points that you can dive into more deeply if you choose to. And so there are a lot of ways that one could do that. And we're looking at many of those to figure out how to make that happen. Great. Well, um, you have been a phenomenal guest and I truly understand and I hope our listeners do why Alaska for the second year in a row was ranked the most sustainable North American airline. And with you at the helm uh, as director of sustainability um, and all of the cross uh, functional integration and your passion and also your commitment to take care of yourself um, so you don't burn yourself out because, you know, it is an endless journey um, that Alaska, we're expecting really, really continually great things. And now when people ask me who um, are some of the favorites, you know, Patagonia is one and REI is one and Unilever, but now Alaska joins my best favorites list. So thank you so much, Kirk. 
And thank you to our listeners. And by the way, I want to put a plug in for um, our own newsletter. It's called Purposeful Connections. Um, it's got lots of great uh, links and information. Um, also, that we're, we encourage any of our listeners, please go on to our, um, our podcast site. It's on t- iTunes. Leave us suggestions for other people we can interview. Um, how do we get better? We always want to be better because my purpose for over 30 years has to be elevate everyone's purpose, whether they're business, whether they're students, because that's what capitalism needs to grow. And that's what our planet and our people need to grow and, and thrive. So thank you so much. And I will end with the question today. What is your purpose? Mm-hmm.